Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Tonight we're going to continue that, that message, building for the future. And if you've got a Bible tonight, can you please turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 46 to 49. You can, while you're finding this in your Bibles or on your phone, you can, uh, you can download the sermon notes for this evening's message on our website as well, gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk forward slash sermon notes, and you can add your own notes into that as well. But if you've got a Bible, Luke chapter 6, and verse 46 to 49, and it'll be on the screen behind me as well. And it says this, this is Jesus speaking. He says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it is built well. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds his house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Now this sermon uh, that Jesus is preaching here is, is probably a shorter version of, of what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, some commentators think that this is a different occasion from that, that Sermon on the Mount message. But others believe that it happened at the same time, that this is just Luke writing a shorter version of that sermon on the, uh, sermon on the Mount. And we see in this account, just a little bit before, that the Jesus, he had gone into the hill country with his disciples, and he had spent a night in prayer, and after spending a night in prayer, he came down from the mountain, and he called and he ordained his 12 disciples. After he came down from the mountain, he, he called them, he anointed them, then he went about ministering, he healed the sick, and he began preaching to the people. And he preaches on some pretty amazing topics. If you read Luke chapter 6, he preaches about those people who are truly blessed. You know, blessed are the poor, you know, all, all these. He goes through these if you want to be a blessed person. Then he talks about loving our enemies. I'm sure that message went down well. I'm sure that was one of the most downloaded podcasts back at that time. He spoke about judging others. Uh, and he began to talk about recognizing true believers. He speaks about how if you're a true believer, then there should be fruit and evidence in your life that you belong to Jesus. And, you know, these are important topics. These are vital subjects that Jesus was teaching about. Oh, and, you know, if we had time, we could get into them. But, but then he comes at the, right at the end of Luke chapter 6, he comes to this other incredible topic. And he begins talking about the wise and foolish builders. And his emphasis here is on obedience. Jesus is talking about the importance of obeying what God says. Not just listening to, to God's words, not just listening to Jesus' words. He's emphasizing you the importance of not only listening, but obeying God's word. And he says right from the outset, he says, look, it's, it's not enough for you just to simply call me Lord and just to hear my messages and then say that you're one of my followers. That's not enough. He says that if you really want to belong to me, if you're really a disciple of mine, you won't only just hear what I'm saying, but you'll obey what I'm saying as well. You'll put into practice what I'm saying. You'll live out what I am saying. You'll live out what I'm telling you to do. 
And Jesus here is saying that every single one of us is a builder. Every single one of us is a builder. Maybe not by trade, maybe, but we are all spiritual builders. We are all builders. And we've got to be careful. He's warning us here that we've got to be careful to build wisely. We've got to be wise builders. I don't know about you, but I want to be a wise builder. I want to build my life in the right way. I don't want to build my life in the wrong way. You know, when we can do that, situations come in our lives and things happen in our lives. I understand that. But, you know, my prayer is that for me, myself, that I'd be a wise builder. And that we as a church, we would be wise builders. We'd be a people who build our lives wisely. And Jesus is telling us that we've got to be wise in building. And he, he describes two builders. And we all fall into one of these categories. Every single person on this planet actually falls into one of these two categories. He says the one builder is a builder who builds his house on the rock. And he says that the person who builds their house on the rock, on a solid foundation, that house will stand. When storms come against it, when the floods come, when the winds batter that house, no matter what comes against it, because that builder has built it on the right foundation, that house will stand, no matter what comes against it. Doesn't mean that that house won't feel the effects and feel the storms and feel the wind and feel the rain. They'll feel it, but no matter what, that house will stand. Then Jesus says there's another builder. There's a builder who builds his house on the rock, but the other builder builds his house on the ground, but other translation says he builds his house on the sand. Another builder builds his house on the sand. And Jesus says that, if that when that person has built his house on the sta- sand, when storms come, when difficulties come, that, that person's way and that house, it collapses and is completely destroyed. It can't handle the wind, it can't handle the rain, it can't handle the flood because it is built on the wrong foundation. And what Jesus is saying here, he says that we've got to build our lives on the rock. I want to build my life on the rock. I want to have a strong house. Anybody want to have a strong house? Anybody want to have a strong life, a solid life, a secure life? Then Jesus says, if you want to have a strong life, a secure life, then we must build our lives on the rock. And who is the rock? The rock is Jesus Jesus is the rock. And if we want to have strong lives, if we want to withstand all the pressures and the difficulties and the struggles that come our way from this world, then we must build our lives on Jesus. Because only when we build our lives on him, that is the only way that we'll be able to stand and endure all that this world and the enemy and everybody else would throw against us. That's what Jesus is saying here. And when we build our lives on the rock, when we decide that we're going to build our lives on Jesus... It doesn't mean that we're just going to listen to what Jesus says. But Jesus is saying here that if you want to build on me, you've got to obey what I'm saying. You've got to obey everything that I command. You know, even John writes in his letters, in 1 John, he says that if, you're, if you belong to him, if you truly love me, if you're one of my disciples, obey, you'll obey my commandments. That's what God says. God says if we are truly his disciples, then we'll have no difficulties obeying him. Unfortunately, we're living in a time where the enemy would try and twist that and warp that. Where he'd try and make us believe that if we obey the rules of God, if we obey the, 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 the rules that maybe churches are trying to encourage us, if we obey those rules, then we live a restricted life. We live a confined life that is a boring life. It's a dull life. Well, that's not the case. Because Jesus says, I have come to give life and life more abundantly. 
You know, God has given us an incredible life. And actually, when we obey God's commands, there is so much freedom. It brings so much liberation to our lives. We find out what life is truly all about when we obey Jesus and follow his commands. God's commands. You know, Jesus says that, that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God doesn't put anything on us that will restrict us or confine us. God is such a loving God that he knows what he's doing. And he cares for you so much more than this world or the enemy or anybody else. That he loves you so much that he says, look, I'm going to give you these commands to help you. I want you to have the best life. And if you obey these, you will have the best life. But if you don't, then your life's going to be a mess. You know, and Jesus is saying here that if we're going to build our lives on the rock, it means to obey what God commands and what God commands in his word. That's where we find what God is saying to us. It's when we get into his word, we discover what he's calling us to, what he's telling us to do. And when we obey those words, we begin to build our lives on the rock. To build on the sand, however, means to, to give Jesus lip service, but not obey his word and his will. You know, many people, unfortunately, I'm not saying in this church, but many people are excellent church attenders, they're regular church attenders, they're faithful church attenders, but their lives are totally different. Their lives don't match up with what they proclaim they're living in. And we can all, I'm sure, at one point or another, be guilty of that. Yeah, we, we all go through you know, difficulties, and yeah, I'm not saying we're all perfect at one time or another. We can all go through seasons like that, but our hearts, Jesus is saying here, that if you really want to build on the rock, we've got to obey him. We've got to have a heart's desire to do his will and to long to do his will. You know, and as I said, you know, those who are building their lives on the sand, it might look like their, their life is great. It might look like they're building their lives a strong house, but ultimately it has no foundation. And sooner or later, that will crumble. I'm sure if we're all honest here, I'm sure we already can think of even maybe some people who we knew who once walked with God, who once on fire for God, but as soon as something came their way, we'd never see him again. You don't know where they are. You don't know what's happened. And it's because that maybe it's because, you know, I'm not saying it's not because of the enemy, but it's also about building our lives on the right foundation. We want to build our lives on the right foundation. And I want to challenge you, as God has challenged me, even leading up to this Sunday. What's the foundation of your life built on? Is your life built on Jesus? Or is your life built on anything and everyone else? What is your life built on? You know, as I was praying about where the Lord is leading us and, and what, uh, about this coming year and, and beyond that, the Lord laid this word on my heart as I shared this morning, building for the future. We want to build for the future. We want to see God do something incredible in this place. I want to see it in my lifetime, but I also want to see God do something incredible for the generations to come. We want to build something that will last something that is strong, something that will bring glory and honor to God and that we will see many, many more people come and serve God and belong to God and love God. And so this morning I said that tonight I'll be sharing two particular areas that we're going to be focusing on in how we're going to start building for the future. And these are the two areas. We're going to start by building people. That's the first area. And the second area, we're going to start by building ministries. And I'm going to show you how we're going to be doing that in a moment. But I just want to say this. That as we build for the future as a church, we have to ultimately build on Jesus. It has got to be built on Jesus. 
everything has got to be on him. It has got to be about him. It has got to be for him. He has got to be the center of it all. He has got to be the foundation on which we build everything. You know, if we're just trying to build our church on the latest church styles or trends and things like that, it'll never work. It will never work. You know, styles change, church styles change. And that's okay, you know, sometimes it's good for that. It's good for it to happen. We, you know, we, could, we should and could embrace some. Some are good. I'm not saying that. But ultimately, my prayer is, heading into this next year and into this next decade, that our lives, every ministry in this church and this church would be built ultimately and firstly on Jesus. It has got to be built on him. Above everything else, if we want this church to stand, you know, I shared this morning, you know, we don't know who's going to be leading this church in 2030. We're going to, we don't know who's going to be leading the ministries in 2030 or it, what this church is going to look like in 2030. But if we build and we determine right now, us who are here, if we determine in our hearts that we're going to build on Jesus and put him first, I can be sure that no matter what that might look like, that this church will be strong, it will still be standing, and it will be a testimony that will bring glory and honor to his name. But if we build on anything else, then it won't be. It won't be. And this is what God's challenging me on as the pastor of this church, but also for each and every one of us. We've got to build our lives on Jesus. And so I said, these are two areas that we're going to start focusing on. And the first area that we are, we're going to start building as a church is building people. You know, my prayer is to see every single person here, every partner here that's a part of our church. My prayer is to see every single one of you totally in love with Jesus. Totally in love with him. You know, I don't think it's wrong for me to ask of that or to cry upon God for that. My prayer is to see a church where every single person is in love with Jesus, but not only loves him, are on fire for him. Are on total fire for him. My prayer is to see every single one of you here tonight growing in your faith. You know, it's so sad to see when people think that, they, you know, because they're at a certain age or because they've been in church long enough that they can stop growing and that's it. There's nothing more to, to discover, no more growth left in me. You know, that, that's not what I see. And even reading throughout the Bible, Paul, even the Apostle Paul, after planting many churches and doing incredible things for God, he kept it. He said, look, I haven't reached it all, but I press on. I press on to all that God has for me. And I want to encourage you here tonight. Maybe you've stunted in your growth. Maybe you think I'm too old now. I've got, that's it. I'm past it now. I want to encourage you. There is more. God has more. And I want to encourage you to make a determination, a commitment in your heart between you and God. I want to grow this year, God. I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow in my walk with you. I want to see every single person here grow in their walk with God. I want us to grow. I want to see every person grow, not just in their knowledge of God, but in the in relationship with God, that you would know his presence in your life day by day, not just the head knowledge, but you could, you know, even come up to me on Sunday and say, oh, I had an incredible time in God's presence on Tuesday. You know, I really felt him speaking to me. I really felt his encouragement and so, and so on. That's where I pray for every single person, that we would be in love with him, that we would know his presence, that we would be growing, that every single person here would, be step, would step into all that God has for you. Do you know God's got a plan for your life? God hasn't just got a plan for me. God's got a plan for you. And he wants you to discover that. And again, you might say, I'm too old, I'm past it. No, you're not. As long as you've got breath in your lungs, God's got a plan for you. If God can use Moses at 80, he can use you. God can use you. 
no matter what your situation, you might say, look, you know, I'm sick, I'm ill. That's fine. But God might want to use you in another way. Maybe it's picking up a phone and encouraging someone over the phone. Maybe it is just getting on your knees and praying for, for, praying for the church, praying for the young people. Whatever it is, God's got a plan for you. And every single plan is important and vital to God. No plan is more important than the other. God has no favorites. We're all loved by him. We're all called by him. We all have a purpose in and through him. And he's just gifted us and created us in different ways. And he's placed us together so that we might be a blessing to each other and to those who don't yet know Jesus. So my prayer is that you would step in all that God has for you. And also, my prayer is that every single person here, and this starts with me, would have a hunger and a passion to reach others for Jesus. You know, I, I believe this is an area that maybe we've struggled in as a church, but, but also it's church-wide, I think, wherever you ask. We're great at running programs and ministries, but we're not so great at evangelizing and reaching out and speaking to people. And you know, that's where we need the help of the Holy Spirit to hit, fill us and guide us and lead us. And so over this next year, on Sundays and during connect groups, the Lord has laid it on my heart to do just that, to equip us as a church, to build people. And it starts with building each and every person here. You know, we can go for all the thousands out there. That's great. And we will. And we long for that. We long for God to save them. But you know, what God's laid on my heart is to encourage who we have here. Let's build each other up this year. Let's strengthen each other in the faith. Let's grow together as a church because God wants to use you and me. He's placed you here for a reason. God's got more for you and for, for me as well. So let's believe that. And I want to encourage every single one of you to open up your hearts, not, not just to what I'm saying, but what God would say to you this year, what God would speak into your life this year. Pray for that with all my heart. You know, my heart's desire is to see people take the next step in their discipleship pathway, to grow and keep growing and keep growing and keep growing and maturing and growing in God, keep moving in God. And the way that we're going to do it, as I said, it's going to be on Sundays, it's going to be during connect groups as well. But we're going to be looking at these areas in particular. And the first area, that one of the things that God has laid on my heart is, is the altar. The first area is the altar. And I'm going to be speaking about that. Something that God's been laying on my heart, even towards the end of this last year, about the need to have a personal altar. For each and every one of us to have a personal relationship with Jesus. You know, my prayer is that every single one of you would be able to feed yourself in God be able to read God's word for yourself, be able to understand God's word for yourself, be able to seek him for yourself. You know, that's what it means to be growing in God and maturing in God is that you'd be able to feed yourself. You wouldn't just have to depend on a sermon or message and all these things or other people. You'd be able to grow yourself. And it starts with each and every one of us having a personal relationship and personal time with God. And that's what God's laid on my heart to start off this year with in equipping us on how we can develop our personal relationship with Jesus. In a sense, it's getting back to basics, but sometimes I think we need to. Sometimes we need to, if we're going to build a strong foundation and one that will last, we need to get the basics right. So uh, God's been encouraging me to, and speaking to me about getting the basics right. You know, even I've been doing that over the last couple of weeks. You know, at the start of the new year, once again, I've started the Bible in a year on the version app. I didn't encourage you. Get into a Bible reading plan. Get into the Word this year. Just spend time, even if it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, praying. It doesn't have to be hours and hours on end like the great revivalists in the past. Just start off. Start small. But you know, God's laid on my heart to equip us to grow in our relationship with God. Second thing that God has laid on my heart 
uh, and how we're going to be building people is uh, to do with mission. And, you know, God's laid on my heart to help people discover God's will and plan for your life. You know, it's probably one of the most searched things on Google is, you know, what's, what's my, why am I here? What's the reason for my life? And even Christians ask that. You know, as a young Christian, that's what I kept asking all the time. God, what is your plan for my life? What exactly have you called me for? Why am I here? What's my purpose in life? And it's sometimes we, especially in church, we can make it a mystery. You know, it's like, oh, it's out there. You've got to, you know, attain. It's not. We can discover God's will in his word. God's laid it out very clearly for us. God doesn't want to play hide and seek with us. He's got a plan and he wants to reveal it to us. And he's got a plan for each and every one of us. And so I want to be sharing how you can discover and step into God's plan for your life. Third thing that God has laid on my heart to build us up as a people is stewardship. And that is, and in particular over the last, even the latter part of this year, God's been really speaking to me on this about how we can be good stewards of all that God has given us. You know, I think this is something that's missing. You know, we, we need to be good stewards of all that God has given us. When I read Genesis and how God placed Adam and Eve in care over all the world and in charge of the animals and to look after the garden, even right then, God's plan was for us to be good stewards of all that he has given us that would bring glory and honor to God. And so that's an area that God's laid on my heart just to, to build us up, help us and build us up. And the fourth area that we're going to be building people is, is in the area of renewal. You might say, what, what on earth does renewal mean? Again, this is something that I've found difficult. This is an area I've struggled in, but it's vital. How do we keep going when we feel like giving up? When we feel burnt out, when we feel tired, when we, when we don't have that faith like we had when we first got saved, how do we keep going? How do we renew our walk with God? How do we renew that first love for God again? How do we re-energize our walk with God? And so we're going to be looking at that over this next year. And you know, as I said, these are the areas in particular that we're going to be focusing on because God, I believe, it starts with, before we build for the future, we want to build strong, mature believers. We want to see the church built up strong. I want to see every single one of you strong in God, on fire for God, passionate for God, loving God. Because that, when that happens, then we start seeing God move in incredible ways when each and every one of us are on fire for God. And so that's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm believing for. And I'm asking for, for God to work in every one of our lives and that we would bear much fruit for his glory. That's what it's for. It's for his glory that we would bear fruit for him. And very quickly, the second area that we're going to be building for the future, God's laid on my heart, is building ministries. Some of you might look at me and think, uh-oh, is he going to be starting another 10, 15 ministries? What's happening? No, don't worry about that. I wonder tonight, would you love, I don't know about you, but I'd love to see, would you love to see Sunday services packed out, alive with the presence of God, salvation happening every week, miracles taking place, lost being found. Would you like to see that happen? I'd like to see that happen. How many of you would like to see our children's ministry and our youth ministries absolutely flourishing? You know, Mar Marilyn's got a waiting list for tots. But imagine we had a waiting list for every single one of our children's and youth ministries. And the, it, people are longing and desperate to come because God is here. Because God's moving in this place. Wouldn't you love to see youth ministries? We, we, you know, I'd love to see our youth just seeing young people getting saved week after week after week. Children getting saved week after week after week. Children moving in the gifts of the Spirit. God pouring out His Spirit. I'd love that. Something that's on my heart. I'd love to see multiple connect groups 
I'd long, it wouldn't just be three connect groups. I pray that it would be, so, we'd have so many people that we've got to train up leaders very quickly so they can start another connect group and so on. I'd love that. That's what I long for. For food bank. When you love it, Dawn, if every person that came in, you'd be, have the opportunity at least to pray for them and see God break a chain in their life and God transform their lives. That's what we're praying for. And to see those people set free and then come into the house of God and serve in the house of God. That's what I long for. That's what we're praying for. I long to see people packed out with Jesus, uh, packed out, this place packed out uh, with the presence of God, this place uh, where, where, filled with people finding Jesus. You know, something that's also on my team, I'd love to have teams raised up and leadership teams raised up within this church. You know, of young people, of even older people who just feel that call of God, I want to serve, I want to get involved, I want to help out, I want to be on a team, I want to lead a team. I want to do that because this is what I sense God calling. Anybody want that ha- to happen? I do. I, I long for that. Wouldn't it also be amazing to see, not only this year, but in the next decade, new ministries birthed, where God begins to drop things on people's hearts that just, that's, you know, where it's just totally anointed and called by God, that somebody sees a need for something that nobody's ever thought of before, but a ministry could flow out of that? Wouldn't that be incredible? Do you know, I believe that can happen. I really believe it can happen honestly believe it can happen because this isn't our church it's God's church God's got a future for this church I believe it can happen but we have to start to build and how does it start what does a you might be wondering what does a healthy ministry look like how what how do we get to that place where we're seeing all of that happening how will we how do we have flourishing ministries well I believe it starts with these it's these four things I believe that are the ground the foundation for strong ministries and how we want to build ministries and it starts off, number one, very quickly, is passionate believers. This follows on from building people. It follows on directly from that. If we want to have flourishing ministries, it starts with having flourishing believers. That's where it starts. It starts with getting people on fire for Jesus. People who love him and long to serve him. You know, building ministries that will bear much fruit for the glory of God starts with you and me getting back to Jesus and loving him and growing in our relationship with him. And you know what? Then our lives will impact others. You know, so often I think we think with ministries that, oh, we've got to wait for that new leader. God, send in a new leader. Oh, God, send in a new team. Oh, God, if only we had somebody else to help us out. I believe God looks down from heaven sometimes and saying, I put you there. I've called you there. Just seek me. Come to me. I'll give you all you need. Come to me, I've anointed you, I've placed you there, I've called you there. In me you find all that you need. If we want to have flourishing ministries, it starts off with having flourishing believers, passionate believers, believers who are on fire for God. Second area, second thing, if we want to have a flourishing ministries, is that it's got to be spirit-filled and spirit-led. And I don't think we can escape this. And we can't run away from this any longer. As a church, we can't just run ministries to please people and to try and attract people. We can't just adapt ministries just to change, just to reach people. And I know that you might think, yeah, yeah, but you know, people won't come in then. I believe with all of my heart, when the Holy Spirit is involved, when God is leading and God is in it, then you watch the people flock. Because God draws people. On the day of Pentecost, did the disciples go out and speak to the, reach, go and knock on every door and try and get the 3,000 in? No, they didn't. Who sent them? When the Holy Spirit came, 
3,000 people ran to that place. And I believe that if we're going to have flourishing ministries, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit is not only what's missing in our lives often. I believe he's the key ingredient that's missing in our ministries. I believe that. I think we can be in danger sometimes of ministries being our ministries and not God's ministries. I think sometimes we can hold too tightly onto a ministry and say, this is mine, this is my, ro- uh, this is my uh, position, this is the way I do it, this is how I function, this is how it's always been run, and that's it. Sorry, God. I think we're in danger of making it. Is it actually God's ministry? Is God's hand upon it? Is God leading it? Is there a need for it? Does God want it? Is it his will? And I believe we've got to seek that and say, God, we want your spirit to lead us. I know I pray that every single person who's involved in the ministry would be filled with the spirit. Because we would see incredible life change. We would see salvation. I believe that when we're filled with the spirit, God's spirit leading us. I pray every leader, every volunteer would be filled with the spirit, but not just 20 years ago, that we'd keep being filled. That we'd realize, God, it's got to be you. We need you. Number three, very quickly. Third thing we need to have a flourishing ministry is vision. We need to have vision. What is it God actually wants to unfold in this ministry? What is the purpose of this ministry? You know, once we open up our lives to the Lord, once we seek him for for our vision, you know, then we'll start to see God do incredible things. You know, I believe that so many ministries are are neglected and, and don't produce much fruit and reach people because there's no vision left anymore. People are tired. People are worn out. And that's understandable. Of course it is. Some people serve in ministries for years and years, and it's understandable. It happens. That's, it does happen, and we don't knock that. But you know, my prayer, even this year, is that God would just birth even into every ministry, into Kids Club, into Tots, into youth. God, we want your vision for it. I don't want, I don't want my vision or my plans. They, they haven't worked out. <laughs> None of that's worked out. God, we want your vision for it. What is it, what is it you want us to do? You know, the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And so often we're great at having a vision for a church, but we forget that we need visions for the ministry as well. But you know, those visions for the ministries, they come under that main vision. They come in line with that vision. But you know, I pray God would give every single leader and every single volunteer, God, both fresh vision, that would energize, that would encourage, that would lift faith, that would cause us to say, I'm ready to go again. I'm excited about all this to come. I'm excited what God is going to do. God's given me this idea. God's laid this on my heart. We're going to do this. I pray for that. That we, that we would be a church that is filled with vision. God's vision. Because God said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. It says, your old men will have visions. Your young men will dream dreams. God, visions. God, we need a clear vision of what you want us to do in this ministry. And, and finally, if we're going to have a flourishing ministry, we need passionate believers. Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit. We need vision. And I think the last thing we need is a leadership pipeline. A leadership pipeline. You might say, what on earth is that? You know, when Pastor Rob and Sharon came to this church, God laid it on their hearts. The, to strength, the, the, God had called them here to strengthen the church, to encourage the church, to lead the church on, but also to raise up a leader who could take on the church in the future. I know God encouraged and moved amongst many of us young people at that time. And, you know, I thank God that he, he called me. I never expected it. I never asked for it. 
but I sense God begin to call me as I, as I grew closer and closer to him. And, you know, after time, I, I really sensed this call that God was calling me to be a pastor. And also, God gave me a very specific word that, I'd be, that he's placed me here to lead this church. And, you know, after a long process of, of training, of ministering with AOG, of doing my training ministry, and, and also in the, with Pastor Rob as well, and, and ministering here for, for years and years, you know, it, Pastor Rob and, and Paul and, and the leadership team, they decided that the time had come for me to step into that role of becoming the pastor here at this church. And, you know, it's incredible to think, even Pastor, you know, he keeps coming back. That's amazing, you know, and that shows the heart of the guy. And the reason he comes back is not because he hasn't got anything else to do. Don't think I. He comes back because he wants to, he says, whenever you need me, I'm there. Any help, any support, I'm there. And I think that's absolutely incredible. Like, you know, and I thank God I can turn to so many of you here, but also his heart. That he didn't want to just raise up someone and leave leave me here. Crack on, do it yourself. He's there. And I have countless times I've rang him and spoke. Pastor Rob, can you help me with this? Oh, I don't know how to handle this situation. Can you help me with that? And he does. And I thank God for that. You know, but that didn't just happen by chance. The reason I'm here today didn't happen by chance. Yes, it was God's plan. But God had revealed his plan to Pastor Rob and Sharon. And Pastor Rob and Sharon had a, a desire that they weren't just going to come and strengthen the church, that they were going to leave a, a leader here. They were going to develop a leader, and they longed to develop more leaders in this church. That was their heart's desire, but they didn't want to come here just by chance and leave a church, and that's it. And we as a church have to struggle. His heart was to raise up a leader. And you know, I believe that, you know, as churches, we can be good at doing that, raising up the next pastor. But I think every ministry, we need to have a leadership pipeline where we start to develop leaders within every ministry who can take on the baton. So often we struggle and we just pass on the ministry to somebody or whoever's there. And you know what? I thank God for every person who will put their hand up and say, I want to get involved. I'll take it on. That's fine. Rather than see a ministry die, I'm going to put my hand to this. And I'm going to give what I can to this. And I thank God for that. God will bless you incredibly. If that's you, God will bless you mightily. And I pray for that. And, you know, it's inc- it takes incredible strength to do that. But, you know, my prayer is that God would begin to call people with specific calls to lead different ministries. And, you know, we might not be in that position yet, but I pray it'll come. That God will begin to stir hearts. Because, you know, when the right people who are called by God are in the ministry, then it will flourish. It will seriously flourish when we have the right people in the right place at the right time. So often we're trying to put square pegs in round holes. It never works. And they do good jobs, but along my heart's desire is that we as a church would be intentional about raising leaders. And so my prayer for us as we come to a conclusion is that if we're going to develop flourishing ministries, we need to start thinking about who's coming behind. Who can I raise up? Now my prayer, it'd be amazing and it would be an incredible answer to pray if every single ministry here would say by the end of this year, yeah, we've raised up a leader and we've got someone who could take our place at any moment. I'd love it if we had about 10 or 15 other people who could take it at any moment. But wouldn't it be amazing? Just one God. One in every ministry. God, just raise somebody else. But I, my prayer and my heart's desire is for us as a church that we'd start creating a pipeline that would go from kids, that we'd start ministering to our kids in the right way, that would prepare them to step into ministry one day. You know, we want to, you know, kids' ministry isn't we aren't just kid, chucking the kids out there. We want to see kids grow in God because one day they could be the ones leading this church. Because I was. 
And it's all because of God. And because of God's plan and God's will. But I don't want us just to wait, then maybe that might happen. I really believe God's calling us to be intentional. We've got to raise leaders. And I want to encourage every leader of a ministry, pray and ask God to drop somebody on your heart. And as a church, we're going to pray for God to start stirring, calling people, laying his anointing on people, because that's what will ultimately help ministries flourish. So there are four areas that will help ministry flourish. We want to build flourishing ministries, and we want to see all those four ingredients in every ministry. Then they'll be flourishing. I can guarantee that. And we're going to, with God's help, it's not my, by might, it's not by power, it's with his spirit. He's going to help us to build those ministries that would bring, bring glory and honor to his name. So as we come to a conclusion on this Vision Sunday, I pray we'd be full of faith as we step into all that God has for us in 2020. And I just want to end with this. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Let us rise up as a church and let us build for the future. And let's step into the future that God has for us that would bring glory and honor to his name. And we would see this place totally turned around and Jesus exalted. Amen. Shall we pray? Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.